Hello everyone, my name is Daniel Antonio and welcome back to another episode of the FizzSort Podcast. Today, I am joined by the head of the School of Physics, Mark Fromhold. Thanks very much, Daniel. Yes, yeah, so I'm. Um, I was asked to introduce myself, and I thought I had to do that. And I thought that I would say that I was a, a husband and a dad of humans, guinea pigs, and a dog. Um, and as you've mentioned in my spy time, I'm also the head of uh, physics and astronomy at Nottingham. I think I got the order right there. Just about. It's great to have you on. Thank you, Mark. We have the wonderful singer-songwriter Lucy Ward. Hi, how are you doing? Great to have you on, Lucy. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, I'm excited to be part of this. It's really nice. So when I'm not, uh, obviously, COVID put pay to the life of a working musician. So I started a podcast during lockdown. So it's quite nice to be a guest on one rather than a host. So I'm excited to be here and to be talking with these guys today. We'll have to get in a shameless plug for your podcast at some point before the end of this one. So what is an Emmy or podcast? You may as well buy the iron's hot. It's called Thank Folk for Feminism, and it does pretty much what it says on the tin. It combines folk music and feminism, and we interview all sorts of fantastic non-male artists and industry workers about their experiences of being non-male in the music industry. And we talk about their music and highlight their art and just have a good old natter. It's a, it's a, lovely, it's a lovely, uplifting and fierce thing to be part of. Well, thank you so much for sparing the time to come on with us. It's really appreciated. And lastly, we are joined by the creator of the brilliant non-profit social enterprise Develop Insight, the just lovely guy, Pete Hurst. Oh, oh thank you very much, Daniel. No, it's, uh, it's brilliant to be here. Actually, this is my first podcast, so I'm quite, um, I'm very much looking forward to it and uh, speaking more about the, the, the work that's been going on. Thank you very much. I think that's a good segue for why we're all talking today. This year, a new well-being resource for students, The Yellow Book, is being released by the School of Physics. In this episode, we're going to discuss how this project was started, why this project was started, and what it aims to achieve within the School of Physics at Nottingham. So I guess the most obvious question and the most important question is, what is The Yellow Book? Wow, I think I'll probably better take this one then. Um, so. The Yellow Book is is really a um, a support resource, a a guidance resource in a, in a sense. It was um, it was put together. It was it was born out of a lot of challenges I faced when I was back in my early twenties. Um, in fact, I'd I'd been fortunate to move over to university over in Sheffield, and um, and I've experienced really quite challenging times there. I I, I came back quite early, um, sadly, and I ended up um, being treated for depression at the time um, and over the course of the um, the, the years I, things got um, gradually worse and after after another um, probably early 20s I was a, I was admitted to hospital with with psychosis and um, I spent quite a number of months on the mental health hospital ward and now for me going on the wards it was really you know I was very unwell and I was being supported on there but for my family and my friends that were around it was it was really challenging you know these were really difficult things to it wasn't something that had been showing itself really before 
and so it was quite extreme really some of the levels of um that that, that was going on um and so really what the resource was there for was initially was something that could have been given to to my parents in a sense when they when i was in hospital something that would have given them a sense of hope and a sense of connectedness and um and and just a you know really a a sense of being really because it um i I think what what we try to do with the book is we we signpost to lots of different organizations that are available all across the country because it's often really great to just know that there's a lot of places that you can go to should you need that kind of extra support um and then um we we have this kind of um all these kind of well-being tools and all these um um tips tools bite-sized information, things that you can try yourself that can really help to empower you. Because um, a lot of the challenges with m- mental health and, and our diff- we've never really been equipped with these tools through education and things. So it's, it's, um, it's difficult to, um, you know, we can often look externally for the help. We can go to places, but actually having something that we can use ourselves um, is amazing. Now, when I, when I left hospital I got to work for a, an organization and it was um, their support with well-being that that helped to turn my life around and um, and it was amazing because it, all these well-being tools were changing the lives of all of the people that were in the, the that were in this um, sort of workforce so we had lots of people that were on cycling into hospital you know coming in and out of hospital and um, and um, in the I think it was in about the me thinking about five or six years that the company was around none of the um none of the um, um workforce had had a single admission so these um these tools were um we sort of embedded these into this yellow into this um yellow book but really one of the main things one of one of the one of the great things is is all about creativity because one of the one of the beautiful things is that the things that connect with us most the things that make us feel better are often the things that um, that help us connect with a with a space where we're not necessarily thinking. It gives us the opportunity to put our minds down and just be kind of in in the moment. And the great thing is, is it's so it's so different and so varied. So it can be crochet or I don't know rock climbing. Do you know what I mean? It can be you know so so varied. And and so the wonderful thing we would ask people to submit art and poetry from from all over the country about things that uplift and inspire them. And then these will be um, um, assessed by um, assessors and um, pieces will be selected to feature inside the book. So it would really give a whole kind of uplifting. And we've had some wonderful comments come back from people who have the book that um, that just flick to a page and it, and it really gives them a sense of uplift and things. Now, I, I mean, I feel a bit of a hypocrite because I can't paint or draw and we run this kind of art, art project or, or I'm not that great with, with photographs. Things. But I'm a singer-songwriter with a, with a band and we, um, we'd been writing, we'd been taking poetry from some of the entries and creating them into music. And that had been a kind of a really wonderful thing. But obviously we were, we were really keen to, to bring some very um, seasoned professional kind of musicians into the into the project and and that was how um we got in touch with lucy and um and she was she she was really keen with kind of the the ethos really of what of of what the book was and and came on to 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 help grow that so 
So really, the, the Yellow Book is a, is, is a support resource that gives you um, all of these well-being tips, tools, little bite-sized bits, but, that, but they're also very unique to us, what helps us. So it's so important to have options, you know, because lots of the little things won't necessarily work. But when you do find the one that works, it can just completely change your whole life. And I've been doing this now for, for many years. We've got to set up our own company in 2014 to continue the work. It sounds like it's really the culmination of a lot of work, this book. It sounds amazing. I mean, being um, Claire, who runs the Centre of Wellbeing, who writes the section in there, we, we kind of say it's got, it's got its own life force. It kind of just seems to, to grow and evolve. And I think that's how, obviously, the connection here happened, but with, um, with Mark at, at, um, at the university and through physics. And it's just been so wonderful. I'm really excited to talk more and more, but I realise I'm just rabbiting on now great to hear you so passionate about it 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 really is it's inspiring to hear the the amount this book's helped you and the amount of time and effort you've spent thinking about this and how it can help others it's it sounds brilliant so mark how did how did you first hear about the other book yeah i mean P pete's alluded to it really and he mentioned that it was something that grew and and, and like i think many of the best things it it, it grew organically and through a series of completely random events and um the first of those events they well it, it relates to the fact that i said in my introduction that that i'm a, a father of humans and um one of my humans uh which is the, the the first step really in this story was about seven years old and had been to as they do uh, a children's party and at the end of that party i was standing there talking to um another dad who was waiting to collect his his daughter, and uh, he said, "I heard that you like folk music." And I said, "Yeah, I do. I love it." And he said, "Well, I've I've got some tickets that I'm selling for a gig at the at the lakeside, just off the the um, southern end of campus. On it was on Saturday night. Would you like to go?" I said, "Yeah, great." And so I gave him the money. I, I had no idea who was playing, but I thought that would be a good use of a Saturday night. So I turned up to this gig, and there was a person who came on and um, she was wonderful. And what was wonderful about her was the way that she could communicate with an audience. And out of many gigs that I'd been to, she struck me as being the best in terms of grabbing an audience and engaging with an audience. And that in turn resonated with some of the work that we were doing on the communication skills module, where we are trying to teach and help people develop skills um, for life, like being able to talk to an audience or write semi-coherently or um, prepare for an interview, that, that kind of thing. And it struck me that it wouldn't it be great that here we have a person, Lucy Ward, who um, was a brilliant natural communicator. Could we get her to pass on some of that brilliance to our own students? Um, and so I emailed her, uh, thinking, what on earth is she going to make of this email? Saying, um, would you like to come and talk to some physics students about how you communicate with an audience as a as a as a musician? And uh, I wondered if I'd get a reply. And actually, she replied and said, yeah, that's. She said it's totally random, which kind of links in with the randomness of the whole thing, really. But but yeah, she was up for it. So she came and uh, gave a talk to students that went down really well and. Over the years, we morphed it into workshops where 
there was more of a two-way interaction. I mean, one of the things we've missed, I think, in the last 18 months is that two-way interaction, that two-way person-to-person interaction. And so the workshops were a really good way to, for, for doing that. And we, we talk about nerves, and we're very open about nerves that we feel. Um, Lucy talked about the feels and the fears of, of, of giving a talk, and that led us into thinking about well-being. And then she mentioned that she had an interest in this project, the Yellow Book, um, that was being run, run with Pete. And so we got to talking about that. I then met Pete. Um, in fact, he very generously invited me down to something at the House of Lords where I'd never been before or since. So that was that was great. And I, I, I met, him, met him there and learned more about the project. And we kind of collectively realised that this would be a really good way to, um, to try and encourage students that are on that communication skills module to feed back things that help their well-being and think about things that help their well-being, things that they can go to before giving a talk that would help people relax. And so um, the Yellow Book Project was born um, for Nottingham Physics as, as a kind of well-being resource, and but linked into that communication skills uh, module in a way that we can probably come back to uh, later on. That's a excellent story. That's amazing hearing about so many chance things which led to this amazing project coming to fruition. I find a lot of these like work and life opportunities do do come from these very random um connections. And I think there's some lessons to be taken from that, isn't there? There's the openness that you can have to ideas and yeah, to ideas and connections and meeting new people that you can only have when you're in a good place yourself. Hence the yellow book is a fantastic resource. Um, because you know, if you're in a good place to say yes to stuff, actually there genuinely is no no idea where in five times that little connection, that little gig, that little moment will take you to. And you must excuse me because you'll be able to potentially be able to hear that I'm also looking after my newborn um, working mom vibes on this podcast. Um, so that's another thing about saying yes. When Mark emailed me, I always say yes, to these random things that come up because you, they're exciting to step out of your comfort zone. I find it exciting stepping out of your comfort zone anyway. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. And in fact, this is something that we've talked about in, in communication skills. We've talked about I mean, one of the best bits of advice I ever had was you've got to put yourself out and about. And what, and what, what that meant was professionally that you, you need to um, go to conferences, in my case, I guess to festivals in Lucy's case, and you need to talk to people there. And you're talking to people there because something will emerge from it. You've no idea what it is, um, but something will emerge. And in physics, a lot of the best projects I've been involved in have emerged randomly. And it turns out that much of the much of the kind of career paths of a musician and of a physicist, a scientist, um, and indeed of, of Pete as, a, as an entrepreneur and, and developer of, uh, of well-being skills, emerge from conversations that you can never predict and never expect and can't ever pre-predict what's going to come out of it. But something always does. And, you know, we're always talking to colleagues about yeah someone says should, should i go to this conference the answer is always yes because something will, will will happen and when we first started um doing the communication skills things i wondered how it would be received by colleagues and students that you know what are you doing having a singer coming in to talk about communication would, would i look an idiot you know would we would would this look completely bonkers and but actually 
we we realized that there was so much in common and so many of the skills that Lucy has as a, a self-employed musician are very similar to the skills that a scientist has to have as in certainly in the early days, essentially a, a self-employed researcher who moves from one insecure contract to another. It's kind of hand to mouth in a way. And, and there are many similarities. There. Anyway, I've, I've also rabbited on, so I will, uh, I, will, I, will, I will stop at that point. And I now have the brain space to actually say something useful because <laughs> it's very hard dividing your uh, your brain between caring for a baby and speaking on these matters. But um, I think I think early careers generally are about finding that way that gives you the confidence to walk into a room full of strangers, um, people you might consider more educated or informed or whatever word you want to use than you and finding a way to feel comfortable and also to endear yourself to those people and you're talking about you know going to conferences and all that kind of stuff and and I think um in this world that we live in in this in this capitalist um attainment focused world that we live in it's easy for people to hear that and think that you know I, I hate conference I hate industry events I don't want to I don't want to be that person that has to schmooze I hate schmoozing I hate schmoozing as well and um but actually you know you tend to find those other people in the room that hate schmoozing too and you still end up in a great conversation that potentially leads to some interesting work or interesting connections or even just a lovely afternoon and um i think that's what's been interesting over the years um honing down my talk that became workshops is that that what constitutes good communication skills is actually um, not all of the tick boxes that we used to maybe teach of eye contact and big personality and all of that kind of jazz hand stuff that we believe to be the very best of communication. It isn't that, is it? It's about finding your authentic voice and finding the confidence to share it. And I think it's that that pulls us so nicely into the work that Pete and Mark have been developing um, with the yellow book and thinking about students wellness because ultimately you know that is more important than your careers and it will also be the most beautiful foundation for having lovely exciting engaging creative careers that I'm sure awaits all of the people listening to this podcast today I think there's a lot of almost slight judgment between scientists among themselves thinking they aren't creative thinking they can't do things in the creative aspect thinking that they're analytical especially when you start university you're not really used to that level of study or that level of scientific inquiry and a lot of your time you think you're just crunching numbers but i think it takes a while to realize how you can apply your creativeness in the scientific context and how they are so deeply linked together i mean mark how long have you been researching for now i'm sure you must uh -huh. <laughs> or is that not a question I should ask? I'm not going to say that. Right. No, um, how long have I been researching for now? Um, 37 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, 37 years. Um, yeah, and I, I, I take your point about that creativity, that, that science in many ways, when I think about something, I don't think about it in terms of maths. I think about it in terms of concept and what might emerge. and what if and often it takes then years of trying to do maths to see if that concept's ever going to be realizable and sometimes it isn't and sometimes it is and when it is it's just the most wonderful thing because 
you know you might have thought this might work and then when you've worked through the details and and something emerges it does but it's about five one example is about five years that we've been thinking about developing systems to generate magnetic fields for quantum technologies and the first prototypes we made when i look back at them are laughable i still got them in my drawer they're just bits of copper that we cut slits in with bits of tin snip and and that that was never going to go anywhere but over the years it, it led to things that did go somewhere and and it led to things that went somewhere because of a lot of people being involved and a lot of people bringing different ideas and taking things in different directions and shaping it so that something emerged and at, at, at the start of any project i'm sure it's the same in in, in music and with, with with pete in developing the yellow book there's a, there's a big risk there's a big risk involved because it might not come off it might be you could waste years or you could do something you've got no income you've got no pension emerging uh, in in the case of a musician how grateful we are to musicians that take these risks you know that that they don't know where it's going to go and they may get panned by a critic and yet without taking those risks that ultimate result of the creativity would never be realized so i, th I think risk-taking creativity in all areas go go hand in hand and i think in in many areas it's conceptual it's it's just that that thinking of where something might go not the steps that you, or the details of how you would get there i think that's often the case with with creativity so mark Com skills was started a few years ago as a way to introduce skills to physicists that they might not otherwise be too comfortable with or have much experience with. And at least in my opinion, I thoroughly enjoyed the module and thought it was a great way to introduce these ideas, these concepts and these skills to physicists, which they may not have necessarily been taught before in a useful, practical manner, which allows for realizable benefits. I'm sure, as, as Lucy said before, we've all had the make eye contact and have a big personality talk, but that's not something everyone can do. And so comm skills is a really great way of introducing people to that. So with the yellow book, a well-being resource being introduced to the school, does that feel directly analogous to comm skills to you? Are you glad you were able to get this started? Was it something you've been thinking about for a while already? Oh, yeah, I'm very excited to have got, got this started. and. It, it it's it's something that I've thought about, I guess, for for many years. I mean, in in terms of when I look back to when I was at university, yeah, I, I suffered from depression at university as well, and I, I can remember a period when it was at the end of my second year. I don't think I've been to lectures at all in my second semester. I was completely behind, and I was sit, standing in a a hall in Durham, photocopying the whole semester's notes, thinking, "How on earth am I going to recover from this?" And the, 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 there was a fear of panic that I was so far behind and so on and there was very little support and so I've always remembered that moment as being a particular low point and um, so I've been interested in trying to trying to help students now who may experience such a low point and how could we spot somebody you know there was there was no way at that time that anyone would have noticed that, that I was feeling like that but how can we know how can we tell whether somebody's not feeling great and actually it's just really in, in in talking to them or in looking at their body language um and and often things like a three-hour workshop gives you long enough to see that and it, and it gives people long enough hopefully to trust us such that they can open up in some way and 
And actually, last year we we, we decided to pursue the issue that Lucy had made. That for actually for years we've been saying, yeah, make eye contact. You know, got to be really engaging. And then we realised that actually for people with all sorts of neurodiversity that was impossible. And so we made a big push of neurodiversity and how we really wanted people to feel that we understood that that they may be struggling uh, to, to to give a presentation and that we would try and help to make that that possible. And several people did come forward at the end of those workshops. And that that was sort of a light bulb moment for me that that by really talking about well-being explicitly in the curriculum and really talking about the fact that we 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 don't necessarily have the answers for promoting well-being or, or or helping people, but we tend to know where to signpost people to. That people picked up on that and, and requested that signposting and 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 opened up to us, and so that that really felt that the communication skills module was a natural home for um, the creativity that we want to make the the yellow book a sustaining project. So we want to make this something where every year a cohort of students reflects on what might promote their well-being or their, uh, makes them feel good or inspires them or unlocks their creativity. And they produce an image that summarises that, something that, that makes them feel good. We then try and assemble that and pass it on to the next cohort so that in a bit, a bit like folk music, where folk music is largely about passing on wisdom from one generation to another, what we really want here is for um, one generation of students to pass on their wisdom, their insights, their, the, the, to give them as options for future generations to think about what might help them in difficult circumstances. And so it's kind of become a student-led thing now. Um, and uh, this year, you, you probably remember the icebreaker from last year, which we either would have asked you to say what sort of food were, were you or what sort of animal were you. This year we've gone at market and we're asking people to supply an image that um, is something that makes them feel good together with the sentence of that. So they'll be introducing themselves by uh, something that um, that they feel comfortable with that makes them relax or feel excited or, 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 or inspired. And so we'll get to see something about them as a person rather than the, the fact that they think they're a blancmange or a pizza or, or, or whatever they are. So we hope that that works. And the best images will be chosen for next year's um, Yellow Book. So uh, it's a, a stepping stone to building well-being into the curriculum, uh, we hope. And this, this has always been the importance of the Yellow Book, really, is it's not it's not really about your ability create with creativity. It's it's more about your your presentation of of um, you know if it's if it's cycling that you love, it's kind of a, a photograph of your bike with just a, a a comment underneath it's kind of because we're all so unique it's the things that we really connect with and it's about sharing these with with others so it's really not supposed to be you know grand sort of I was going to say grand design but it's obviously <laughs> not grand design is it? but um but it's but it's all about you know sharing your own creativity and as Mark was saying about the curriculum I mean it's what we find is it's fabulous going we've been going into the primary school and into a, a college with this project which sounds inspired came from um, and it was it was very much about we would write a song around well-being um, and we'd ask a, um, uh, we, uh, Mark Morris the flute tones would sing sing the lines of the song 
And we take that in for the students and we would ask them to basically create pieces based upon how the words, how the music, because obviously music connects with us. We, you don't need verbals for music, do you? It's kind of, and it's the same with, um, with, with the lyrics in there. So people could take a, a little, well, it was based around well-being. So it was, we did one about breathtaking and how we're kind of interconnected with the world around us and things like that. And obviously that was really, it was quite, it was a lovely, really exciting way for the kids to get involved with, with well-being. And I think that's the, that was the connection that we were trying to have because we didn't want to have that, oh God, we've got well-being again today kind of <laughs> session, you know, because I think that's got to be the challenge if, if, we, if it is going to be into the curriculum, it's got to be very carefully done into a way that's going to be kind of uplifting with what it's about essentially and often for my times especially with my short time at university but obviously for others that are there there's a, there's a, it, it's it's very intense and you know even to be able to take a bit of time out for yourself even if that could be factored into the curriculum to say look show us how <laughs> you've taken time out to you know i don't know go to the sauna or how, go to the gym or do whatever it is for you that kind of helps you to, to feel better and whatever that is because it's often times when we get the chance to just sit back that when we then go back and approach things we come back with a completely new energy and we're able to um um you know um carry on <laughs> in, in in a lot of ways but because we're not taught to do that in a sense we're, we're just kind of trying to keep going and keep going we can we can really put ourselves under um when when just some short factored in breaks would 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 really help um but if that was made a i don't know <laughs> but then that might not work as well but it, it's just trying to find ways that it could be um it, that it can be implemented um but it, it, I just find it sad that it's so new, you know, because you see with the children that they just absorb and they they, they get it completely straight away. Um, but of course, once we've got <laughs> to where we are now, it's kind of it, it's um, it's re relearning a lot of things, isn't it, really? Our own wellness is so often the bottom priority, isn't it? And, you know, and for all of us, you know, on this on this podcast today we're at different stages in our lives with different pressures where if we just think about the lives of of you know you potentially Daniel and students you know you're working towards your degree you potentially got a job as well you're away from usual support networks potentially you're in uh, you know you're aware people who know that you're going into a world that might have some real difficulties ahead not just climate change but coming out of covid and you know all of that stuff is is a weight and uh, and it's very easy to um put all of those things and trying to meet all of those challenges head on before our own wellness and to really actually believe that you're doing the very best thing by carrying on and carrying on on and meeting expectations and not letting people down is something that we hear often in the workshops as pe being people's motivator for carrying on, even when they know that they need a break and they need to stop. And so, you know, again, this is why the Yellow Book as a project is such a, it's such a, 
a gift, you know, as it gets passed on to the next cohort and they make their own of saying, you know, I've been, I've been there. I know it was hard. And yet I still found this time to pursue this, this passion, this love, or even just to sit and watch telly. Like there's no um, hierarchy of what is an okay way to um, care for yourself, of course. Um, but yeah, that was just some food, some thoughts that were going through my head while Pete was speaking there. I mean, on, on the subject of that, a while ago, uh, coming towards the end of my third year, I had quite a tough first semester because of my module choice. I was quite behind towards the end of the third year and I was revising pretty hard, you know, 10 hour days, if not more, getting ready for my big exams. And I was sat there grinding out past papers and problems night in, night out. And I was at home and mum comes downstairs and says, what are you doing? I said, I'm studying. She said, why? I said, oh, I want to do well in the exams. She says, why? I said, oh, I want to get good grades. Why? I want to get a good degree. Why? Because I want to get a good job. Why? And, you know, really, the reason why we do these things, the reason why we push ourselves, the reason why we try and meet these numeric goals or try and please other people or try to do whatever it is we're trying to do can be so abstracted from what it is we actually need, you know, and I think fundamentally, one of the things my mum said to me was, look, you know, you're going to have a good life, calm down, take a breath, you're going to be all right, even if you get a 50 on this exam in five years time, you won't care. Now, that's not to say stop doing any work and give up. But still, you know, take a bit of a breather, take a step back and just reevaluate and think about what it is you're trying to achieve. And it's very easy, especially in university, because it is just so numerically based. And you can very easily look at yourself and go, oh, I'm not doing well enough. This score isn't high enough or oh, I'm not doing well enough. These results aren't good enough. But I feel the concept of taking some time to think and having a break and reconsidering is something I think which, as you said, Pete, before, it's a shame it hasn't been taught to us sooner. But I guess mental health awareness has been increasing more and more over the past decade. And it's, it's great where it's at a point now where, Mark, you've taken the time to include it into the curriculum and you're trying to, you know, as you said, from your own experience, trying to help students and trying to help them realise that, you know, it's not the end of the world and it is going in a better direction. Yeah, you, you, you have a very wise mum. Um, <laughs> um, but but not, every, not everyone does. And, and sometimes... Sometimes there is um, parental pressure on people to work and work and work and work and work. And, and I've often seen in tutorial groups previously that people people effectively break down and they they, they break and it's pretty common actually. And, and 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 I don't think anyone really knows how common this is. That people will really be in a mess and they they're in a mess partly because they've driven themselves partly or sometimes because of being driven at home and partly because of the very high number of assessments that we have in the course that I really want to strip out. I'm passionate that we over-assessment. We really need to stop that. It's no good for anybody. Um, so we, we can perhaps come back onto that in terms of curriculum if we've got time um, uh, in, in a minute. But it's really a common thing, and I, I've experienced this myself, that we drive ourselves on and on as a deadline someone wants something you do this you do that and and actually the common the common thing to all of this 
um, breakdown is not taking time out, not allowing yourself to take your foot off the gas, not allowing yourself to realize that actually it doesn't matter. And the, the question, does it matter in 10 years' time, is almost always no, it won't. For, for almost, almost everything, actually. So very few things in life really matter for very long. And that's, that's good, because if it goes wrong, it's not likely to be something that will affect you really badly for the rest of your life. And uh, um, I think that that's something that we, we just don't talk about enough, that, that we can see everything as being really important and very few things are. Um, and it's, it's a case of prioritizing and, and knowing that if you don't take time out now, you're going to feel rubbish. And if you continue to not take time out, you're going to feel very, very bad and you're going to have severe physical symptoms and it's going to really take take your life down. And and so the importance of, of knowing to take time out and finding ways to decompress, I guess is the modern word, is, is, is vital. And it's sort of a skill, but it's sort of also knowing that it's important to do that. And it took, took me a long time to know that. Um, you know, I didn't really realize that, that you couldn't drive yourself and drive yourself without there being any consequences. And I think that's particularly the case for for young people with career aspirations. Uh, I saw something really good recently on social media. I think it was we use we, this is what a lot of people think success is. And it was big salary, flash title, you know, status. And it said, actually, it's this. And it was just that balance, just that ability to enjoy things in life is 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 really success um, in, in in my book far more than any any of the rest of it. And so we never really talk about that either. What is success? You know, you'll say you'll say a lot of people will say to children, "Go work hard at school so that you can um, have a good career," and so on. And this this sort of thing gets built into people from well from very early on. This work ethic and I think it's quite damaging i think one of the reasons why the yellow book sounds like such a good resource and such a good concept is that it allows people to take their own time and to process these things and have a look through them because i feel especially in this context of university and pressure it becomes very much the stiff upper lip going back into that classic british scenario of you know staying quiet, heads down and getting on. And I feel providing people with a resource that they can take away, read in their own time privately if they want, and chances are most of them will if they feel it will help them, I feel is only a good thing. And I feel having a resource which is accessible for people to take in their own time, which has techniques and lots of amazing art in it, as well as excellent signposting resources, will only be good the students so i think it is a great project to introduce to the university and it will be brilliant to see how it keeps developing and growing thank you daniel yeah yeah i mean one, one of the brilliant things i think about pete's concept here is that when people i mean the, the resource is there to promote positive well-being so to give to give options for doing things that make you feel good but if that doesn't work and people find themselves in a in a, a, a bad mental place Processing information is really difficult. Reading reading books is really difficult. Looking at an image is easier. And and so there's something really good about those images that will 
strike a chord with people no matter what mental state they're in you know if it's a positive state then that's that's good they can look at that and think oh i might fancy doing that if it's a bad state that image can still resonate and still help to provide a signpost of things that can help just going to mention about mark was saying about the, the ease of access with a with a book and um, how that can be challenging at times we also have a, a an audio version of of the book which contains some of the music from the project obviously from um, Lucy and, and and others and us, ourselves as well but it's but it's more all the tools are read out on there and as refuge we worked with um, Claire from from the, the Centre of Wellbeing to create some some short mindful practices set to music that can be utilized on they're, they're just sort of five minute practices but they're they're on there as well alongside all of the the, the, the tools in the book so and that's being made available through um, through through Mark and through this project, so that um, any student across the university can can download their own free copy and they can they can have that. It was it was wonderful actually across um, lockdown that um, our, the, the previous version Mark took on in a similar capacity and um, and it it went um, Loughborough um, University and Swansea University took it on as well. So it just meant that. Every student, if they you know could potentially access it, and um, you know staff as well that, that could um, you know download it for for themselves and have a little flick book online, so people can flick through it that way as well if they if they need to. So it's just trying to make ease of access for things like that. But it but it really is about finding what what works for you and knowing that there's a lot of support out there if you need it. And the lovely thing about working with the university and creating these personalised resources is it means we can add in specific services that are within the university so that it guides you completely to to the people that, that are, you know, almost probably next door, if you know what I mean. So you can you can certainly know where everybody is. And the, the thing just quickly that you mentioned previously about about the book, that was one of the things that was really thought about was the idea of the of the yellow book. And I remember meeting with someone and they said to me, you can't have anything on the cover. You've got to have something on the cover. And I thought, no, no, you don't want anything on the cover because we, in the end, we just had I am free, please take me. And, and that was the, the, the only bit on there. But it was really kind of born out of the idea that um, one of the ladies said about mental health resources and things that it was kind of mentioned it to tatty leaflets and things like that. And the whole idea of the book was that it could be something that would be really... Um, you know quite um quite sexy quite not sexy but quite feet you know feels good in a way it was so it felt very tactile yeah something that you could um um you know you you feel nice to, to 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 take away but also you know with all the waiting lists and all the times and everything that people have got just having something given to you from the university that you can just sit with and you know it's just kind of gives you that kind of Oh yeah, that they're thinking of us, you know, in a way. In that, so it's, it, hopefully it will be a nice thing for the for, for the wellbeing services to to use within the university as well. Yeah, definitely. And and you you mentioned that it hooks in with the the university's uh, wellbeing support. So we 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 developed it uh, working with Healthy You, um, which is the the university's um, way of uh, promoting mental health. That that they've got lots of resources too. Things like recipes, practical tips. Um, they run things like photo competitions. So, so there's quite a lot of provision already, and so it was really important that this uh, linked into that rather than duplicating it or 
or even worse, competing with it. So, so it's quite a uh, a harmonised thing um, that links into what's going on in in the university. The 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 um the audio yellow books available on Moodle on the physics community page uh, still, uh, if people people want to do that. And um, this time of year, uh, people start to often dip in terms of their mental energy, partly because the clock's going back, partly in the case of students because they've been here for a while, things can start to feel difficult after a few weeks, this kind of dip. And so we thought that the timing of the launch of this as well was 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 was, was quite good. It links in with Wobble Week, as it's called, <laughs> where where people start to wobble. We all we're all a bit wobbly at this time of year, I think. That that fellow period between the Christmas vacation and the and the uh, the summer holiday, so uh, yeah, it, it it will hopefully stop a few wobbles. It's a it's a great project and it's it's brilliant that the three of you have been working together to bring it to the physics community at Nottingham. So does anyone else have anything they particularly like to mention? Oh, oh why not? The new um, audio book will be out in um, in December. Um, on December the 10th, we're launching that, and that will be available for all the um, um, students again through, throughout the university. And the, the song that was put forward with the, with the project, we were excited to record some of the um, young children's voices on, on, onto the song as well. So we're going to kind of um, release that. Lucy's singing a lovely piece on that, and um, there's, there's many other. So if, if you head over to the, um, the rethinkyourmind.co.uk, you can, you can have a look at. Um, at all the all the entries because it, it it really isn't about so much the selections we don't like it to feel like a competition it's more that it's just a showcase really of of um you know in, inspiring things but obviously you see we can't fit 500 odd images in there and all the things so it's it's kind of gets selected down so um but yeah lovely and thank you for your time daniel well it's my pleasure Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget, Lucy Ward's podcast, Thank Folk for Feminism. Definitely go and give that a listen. Mark Fromhold, our wonderful head of school, thank you so much for coming on and spearheading this new initiative in the School of Physics. And Pete, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to speak to us. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on the next episode of the Fistop Podcast. Bye. Bye.